everybody. My name is Ethan, and welcome back to the front porch. Today, we're talking about uh, our job. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about what I would say we do best. Be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things with the best. Virtual events. Virtual events in general. Yeah. Okay. Live events, virtual events, yeah, okay. you name it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that is something we do well, well, consistently all mm-hmm. the time. Because we've done it for a fair Yes, time. we've done it for a very long time. <laughs> yep. But the reason we're talking about this is because virtual events were very, very popular after. 2020, for some reason. Um, And now they're starting to decrease the number again. Changing. Change. Yeah, I think change is a better way to put it. They're changing. Um, You guys know way more about it than I am. Again, (laughs) yeah, host, would you get stuff right? I'm I'm dumb guy this episode. (laughs) That's not true. um, You know know the setups and shots. Sure, yeah, I know how to work Wirecast. You said the No one knows how to use Wirecast. (laughs) Wirecast is how to use Wirecast. (laughs) We love Wirecast. I'm I'm push button on camera, man. Hey, you run run a very. You run a tight set. Like yeah. it's very important to have a good floor manager, good stage manager, good cam op team. That's Ethan's. Yeah, you're a That's strong. Just as important as nerds over here making sure things are plugged in right. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna let you get away with that. You're involved in live events. <laughs> yeah, we all are. Where so. we were literally at a setup the other day and like had like the other AV guys going, "What are they doing?" And then had the manager AV guy have to explain to them what we were doing. Yep. yep. <laughs> It's fun when we roll up. Flex. Yeah. <laughs> we've done a few. We, we've, we've seen some things. Yeah. 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 So that's what we're talking about. Okay. Before we get into that, what have we been watching? Ooh. Ooh. I have been jumping back into Brooklyn Nine-Nine, actually. Oh, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ooh. Yeah, because Jessica and I got into season three, and then um, it's only on Peacock, I believe, for streaming services. It makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense because NBC took it away from Fox. Well, took it, picked it up after Fox was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> a rebound. Um, yeah. But we <laughs> lost our Peacock membership when we switched to internet providers, but we got it back recently hey. when we did that switch back. But whatever. Um, and it's great. Love that show. Yeah, it's a good one. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, you have. I'm almost done. Uh Really good anime that Donnie recommended, of course. It's also one of the most popular anime uh, ever. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Brotherhood. To be specific. Yes. Don't watch the... I hear the normal one isn't good. It's bad. Yeah. But I've been doing that. I'm on my usual true crime murdery stuff. <laughs> okay, solid. Um, there's a couple new ones that just dropped on Netflix. Like, There's one about investigating missing people... I just really like the aspect of that stuff. And then uh, I started John Mulaney's new comedy special. Gotta watch that. I got partway into it, and then I was just like, "Mm, I can't pay attention anymore. But great start. Very um, real. He openly addresses things that have been out in the public. Yeah, he's been a little controversial lately. And you're just kind of like, oh, he's a human guy. Yeah. Um, And still very funny. Um, And then to break that up. The crime and the sad things. I've been rewatching uh, New Girl because oh. hey, I love Girl. Nick Miller. Yes, <laughs> so much. New Girl's great. Yeah, I just certain characters annoy me sometimes, <clears throat> and other characters just really carry it for me. So that's kind of been my break up the sad 
mm. dark stuff show. And nice. I've also been trying to like read books. Hey, books, books. are good. Okay. But those are also dark murdery things. So, yeah. well, yeah. I'm kind of a one track can only go so viewer. Far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, just so settling far. into bed at night reading a murder book, like. falling asleep. Oh, but. Such a cozy destruction of life. Uh, <laughs> at least I'm self aware. Hey, I don't know. Good. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, I watch whatever everybody else in the show house watches. So cool. we watch Ted Lasso and the Bridgerton prequel Queen thing. Oh, Queen Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Decent. I've been meaning to watch that. I, I it was interesting to learn that backstory. It has the quintessential Bridgerton things, <laughs> like the really cheesy violin version of a pop song, and you're just like, really? <laughs> but, you know, hey, <laughs> it's not made for me. So it was yeah. on. I was watching it. I was working. Was it a spin-off? On a live event, actually. Weird. Wow. Um, but is it a yes. spinoff from the original? Yeah, so like the yeah. queen in Bridgerton is like a really bad, like juicy backstory. And so Netflix decided, hey, let's make that a show. Oh, okay. And the first episode we watched, or Betsy watched, and I sort of watched last night, and it was better than most of the Bridgerton episodes of the last season. Wow. Okay. So wow. I give it five out of eight stars. Sure. That's Five a very minutes. strange <laughs> metric yeah. that you've been. Yeah, so better than 50%, but not quite like 9 out of 10. So, so passes with a deep. So, plus. like a 60, 70? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. sure. Let's do so a 6 season. out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go yeah. lowest common denominator, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this very quickly. I <laughs> talked awfully about Bridgerton episode one, season one, yep. because that was, I think they made that without Netflix's like oversight at all. And they were like, hey, look at this show. And Netflix was like, great. We're going to fix everything wrong yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I quite like the show after the fact. Because yeah. everything I had issues with, like, frame rate, lighting, camera work, direction, acting. Like, they more or less got it. fixed they fit. that. Yeah. No, it is a really <laughs> well done production yes. wet level show. Story is a little... I don't know. The first episode is just so... Ugly in every aspect. Yeah, I think they just shot it on an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like, terrible. But well, they're on Netflix and we're not, so. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Exactly. If Ethan said it's ugly, I believe it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Getting back into virtual events. So what we're doing is our jobs. <laughs> how we make money. Well, how we make, yeah. Yeah, funny. We've yeah. done we've done plenty of live and virtual events prior to 2020. Yep. We've done plenty after it. We did a lot. Yes. Yes. How would you describe that transition type? So, pre-COVID, we have always had a live production arm that was very based on need. So, someone had a in-person event and they needed to get it to a different audience or we were recording it and then we should put it on YouTube. Or, hey, we have this great thing that we need to show down the road, but we want it to kind of feel live. Uh, Live events before COVID weren't synonymous to the sort of production world and the the corporate world like they are post-COVID. With sort of March of 2020 to, I'd say, May of 2020, everyone had a hard realization of how hard live TV is. Mm -hmm. Like... It hit everybody square in the face of like, oh, I need audio. Oh, I need video. Oh, background noise. Oh, there's all these wires. Oh, I have to connect these things. Oh, what do you mean that doesn't work? And I mean, that is the world of live production. The way like a lot of the ways that we do it, we go in a couple of days before, set up 
a thousand things and a mile of cable. We do a whole thing and then we take it all with us and we leave. It's not a fixed studio like news or production. It's not a installation like a corporate installation where we have Mm -hmm. a full integrator and the whole thing is built into the walls and it's very pretty. We sort of go in with hope, duct tape, and experience and make it happen and then come back out and and, and work. And that that skill set that we had going into COVID, people had to pick up very quickly of, well, what what do I do if I don't hear audio? What do I do if my camera doesn't work? Why do I need four drivers to share my plug, my screen? All these things that we learned, and we were in a really good place. Like the day after everything shut down, I had three clients go, what do you guys know about live events? And I'm like, actually, we've been doing this for eight years, and I've been in live TV for 10, 15 years before that, so we know a lot. And we were able to quickly spool up a very fast, very simple live event setup that we could then mm-hmm. safely at the time put into clients. We, I mean, we took our office and we turned our office into a live studio. Um, we could connect remotely. We were sending cameras. We knew what we needed to know to get to that. And then as COVID spread out and that whole two-week thing turned into a three-year thing, we did 150 to 200 individual live events varying in scale from an audience of 80 to a largest audience I think in COVID was like 85,000 um, and so every one of them had a different kind of complexity everyone had a different scale but the one thing that sort of to answer your question how has that changed everybody now understands that a live event means increased complexity, increased time, increased juggling needed. And Mm -hmm. we've seen even from our clients or new clients or experiences that there's a lot more appreciation. Not that there wasn't before, but there's just a lot more appreciation of those little nitty gritty nerd details than there ever was. And now when we look post COVID to events, we see a lot more of, oh, I had this terrible experience. I don't want to do that. Or, oh, I had this really great experience. I want to do more of that. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, did you see this webinar, this live event, or this kind of thing? And there's a lot more understanding from our client base and the outside world to what it is that we do, which is nice. And then that because of that, we've grown our our experience and our expertise has grown on that. And so our events have gotten more robust, more complex, more more betterer. Um, where we've created a lot more opportunities to then take all of our really good things, all the things that we learned in that trial by fire that we all went through, and then put out a different kind of experience than we probably ever would have pre pre COVID. Yeah, and Aubrey and Donnie, you guys have experience in a uh, news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, well, yeah, all three of us do. Um, mine is kind of. So I started off as a news videographer, just like Andy did. Ambulance chaser. Yep, pretty much. Uh, (laughs) But um, when I moved to the Grand Rapids area, I had a really good opportunity at Wood TV where I was part of their production arm, where essentially my job was both to film for their lifestyle show, but the main thing that kind of applies to this was helping to create any like live events that happened outside of the station. Um, This is more than just like the TV live shot that you would see where it's the reporter standing in front of the accident, wherever that happened. It was more like the uh, sporting events where uh, like Riverbank Run was a great example of like a huge live event. 
art prize. Um, there was a whole series where we'd go to like different schools around the area and do stuff like that. And that was where I kind of really cut my teeth on like how we set up corp- these corporate live events um, where we show up, we have the brains of the operation, we have all the cable that needs to be run, all the cameras, and then how do we get the signal, the show, to the audience? From here, yep. to here. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is more Through than here. just a laptop <laughs> set up. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I was 10 counties of people watching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of stuff. Um, so that's where I kind of got most of my experience, and that's how I was able to – because I didn't join the team until after – like post-COVID. It right. was uh, September of 21 when I joined the team. So by the time I had joined the team, the live event thing had already been going for a while. Well, um, you're both products of our increased yes. infrastructure ad and, and, and resourcing ad because mm-hmm. of all of the live events. Yes. So. They're, they work here because we have more live events. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty <Yeah>. simple. <laughs> Thank you, clients. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of those a crossover I didn't really think could happen. It's mm-hmm. kind of like leaving news. I'm kind of like, okay, well, what do I do with this skill set? Charles agree. Yeah. You were you produce. I was a producer. Yeah. So in charge of, I it's it's such a weird job to explain. Um, to civilians who haven't <laughs> been in it, <laughs> outsiders. But Non-news yeah, so like people. I would come in with a blank slate of a newscast, three mm-hmm. newscasts a day, and I'm just looking at okay, I have 45 whatever minutes to fill. So then I'm in charge of that. But then when it came to showtime, when we're live on air, that was all on me too. So I had to communicate <clears throat> with the TDs, the directors pushing the buttons, yep. and now oftentimes you are next to me at the table doing that. So my rundown has to be clean and concise and clear for everybody. I have to have three backup plans where if one camera dies or one mic goes out, where are we gonna go? I have to communicate that calmly, collectively. There's multifaceted areas to Mm. producing. And though there isn't kind of the same, oh, breaking news rush or your live shot's not up that there is here, there's still that mindset that I have to be like, okay, I need to communicate this. If I'm panicky, the client's going to panic, the crew's going to panic, so I'm always kind of thinking of, right. what did you just? What did you say the other day? Aubrey thinks of the sky's falling, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, you kind of just have to, right. um, especially virtually, because say we're in the middle of a virtual event and you think of your audience at home and they're on their laptop, but they're probably on their phone too, they're sending other emails. If one mic goes out or they lose a shot, they're not watching anymore. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of on us is to think like we need to have a backup to a backup to a backup, have a handheld mic ready to run in there. You have to keep your audience. Right. And I think that's been maybe something that's adjusted too. If people are working at home, they're on their laptops on meetings all day anyways, how is your content and even the way that we work and operate in the smoothness of our stuff, how is that going to keep your audience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be an evolving thing too with people's attention spans. We talk about TikTok a lot. <laughs> People want things fast, and if you lose them, the the statistically the chances of getting them back are very slim. Right, and yeah, we've so. we've seen that too. I mean, a great example is before COVID, live events were kind of undetermined length. During COVID, we saw as everything slowed down, we saw that we could get a lot more time with people because they had more time. 
Mm-hmm. So the first couple versions of these events that we did for a client that were fairly regular, we were doing them every week, every other week. They were consistently an hour. We had consistent engagement across the measurement because we measure how long you're on there, what you're watching, all those things, what you're clicking and all that. But like we were getting 50, 55 minutes out of people and they were engaging in the polls and they were engaging in the Q&A and it wasn't such a pressure to be like, well, do we can, what are we delivering more? It was like, oh, we're delivering good, solid content. 2021, that 60 minutes went to 45 minutes mm-hmm. as people really started to get busy and started to, like you said, multitasking. And then 20, late 21, early 22, that went from 42, roughly average, to like 26. Like we lost half the time right away. And there are still some that go longer because they provide a consistent value across the hour. But we have seen, and now, I mean, if we, if I, I would imagine in the next year, we'll be doing 12 to 15 minute live events that are super concise, super polished, cleaned. And then if there's more content that they want for specific audiences, that will then go to on demand. Mm-hmm. We'll produce it same day, but it will go to an on demand versus a live deliver. And mm-hmm. there'll be just that sort of fracturing of, of how we deliver and what we deliver across the whole thing because we're now triple tasking. I mean, there's a lot of people triple tasking in mm-hmm. what they do every day. So yeah, engagement too, like you said, Q and A's, polls. We had one client who did like a gift card giveaway or something. Like first person with the right answer in chat, you get a Boom. Starbucks card or whatever. You have to keep that. It's like a a team's call in a PowerPoint isn't going to cut it anymore. And maybe that was the easy switch for people when this first started. When yep. it was kind of like, oh crap, we have to suddenly go virtual. What do we do? But now we're working in interactive stuff. Mm-hmm. Even if if some of our events, our people are in the room, but we're also live streaming. Yeah. So how can you bring that? And we say a lot, we say it's not just an event, it's an experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you bring that in-room experience to your virtual audience? Because you have to keep everybody. Right. And for some of our clients, that's required training time yeah. to keep your job. So you have to keep your audience engaged. Like you said, cut the content in half, but we put a nice shine on things where we yeah. come up with these quick videos engaging, enticing stuff that catches your attention and keeps it, or we tease ahead to something next, like next month we're going to do this, or yeah. s- kind of series format things we've kind of moved into a little bit. but And a lot of that effort, too, we've seen go from put all the effort into the hour, instead take that same amount of effort, but put... 20% of the effort into pre-recorded elements that we do to get people to the event. Mm-hmm. And then we put half the amount of effort on the event and then we create evergreen content or support content or dare I say amplify content. Um, Sponsored <laughs> by us. That, that creates <laughs> consistent return on that investment there so that it's segmented out and builds on the overall brand experience and the overall event experience. And then it lets the attendees virtual hybrid in or in person have additional pieces that were then part of the overall whole. Um, so that's really our, our strategy has adjusted consistently event to event, week to week, day to day, year to year across all of it. <laughs> yeah. And well, and on top of all that, you're also catching flack from all sides at all times. Right while setting up for and executing a live event. Yeah, they're not Cause easy. Because it, it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. now my broadcast program doesn't work because I updated my laptop. Oh, or, yeah. or people are watching Damn. the event and they're like, well, I'm not 
I don't see anything. And it's like, well, you're not using Chrome. You're right. in the room in your house that is furthest away from your Wi-Fi router. Right. Or you set your laptop on your bed every single time you use it. And right. it is overheating whenever you play a 1080p YouTube video. video. Yeah. yeah, you're probably not going to have the experience that you should be having. Yeah. Right. You're but muted. everyone is always like, but it's your guys' fault. And it's like... Well, and and that that is, that is one thing that I've seen change. Probably one of the most dramatic changes with what I said earlier is like people yeah. experience the, mm-hmm. what it's like to be a producer of a live event, not just an attendee. Mm-hmm. And that's been helpful to sort of say, yes, you remember how hard that was to like push all those buttons in the right sequence. But we've also put a lot of effort into finding the right modes to make that experience go better because, and, and I've always told our clients from the day one of live events is like, you're going to have, five to 10% of your audience that's just not going to see it mm-hmm. or they're just not going to hear it and or they're just going to be upset about something. And unfortunately, that's just the case yeah. because we can't control that someone might have an iPhone 6S or someone might have an Internet Explorer or someone, like you said, is overheating their laptop or they've got 785 Chrome tabs open mm-hmm. and they've got 12 videos already open too and a graphics card of a Surface Pro is not going to handle that many things. <laughs> yeah. These are all very specific examples. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like we've also taught and, and coached our clients and, and their talent to be re- representative of that and saying, hey, let's go over best practices. Yep. And let's be consistent as to here's how you're going to have the best experience. Like, please restart your laptop before coming to our live event. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shut yeah, it down and leave it software. shut down for 10 minutes, yeah. please. Yeah. yeah. And, and just a, that allows then to hopefully all of our work then translates downstream to a great experience that is had by all yes. or as many as possible. <laughs> because yeah. we put a lot of planning and time and a lot of our own passion for these things yeah. into those things. And we want as many people right. to see that as possible because yeah, it's yeah. so worth it. It's so fun. Yeah. And then, you know, there's all the other fun stuff of, well, how do we get there? And what, what are the things? And, you know, I don't know if this is in your discussion, but like, what's it know. take for like a planning of an event, like, right. you know, how many steps are there? I think I counted on one of our big events that we have right now, and there are 795 individual steps for one live event. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's where the learning curve with the client comes in handy of like explaining, yeah. hey, we need this because this, and then especially some of these things we're booking annually Mm -hmm. so we're like all right let's look at how this one went and how we can do that smoother for everyone involved next time where we say hey if we need extra laptops for this because this speaking of i need to write that down yeah (laughs) there's just kind of helping the client understand or like hey make sure you're getting your scripts to me so i can look them over and it's really and like one of you just said we want to make it look as cool as possible because Mm -hmm. we love this like live event day so fun. Let's go. So we always we always want to do our best, but I one of my goals is when I'm PMing these is to make sure the client understands too. Because like this stuff, some of the phrases that we throw around, we eat, sleep, Decimator. and breathe this. You know, we know what this means, but to like a communications department, a marketing department, they're like, cool, just do it. So I think kind of having that understanding is important of we need this to make sure it goes as smoothly for mm-hmm. you. Right. Kind of taking that extra yes. time to explain, well, our outputs do this, or 
we did have a client join us at the producer table um, kind of recently. And it was kind of like you were saying that moment of, oh, this isn't that easy. Right. There's a lot that goes into mm -hmm. this. When they walk up to our production table and we've got eight laptops, seven different audio things, and they're just kind of like, oh, we thought it was just like a, a, a camera and a couple of lights. And we're like, no, this is 730. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and because we set this up every single time, like most of our team knows what every single one of those cables is doing, mm -hmm. right. too. Yeah. Like it's not just like, oh, we have a mess of cables here. It's just... No. No, this this cable runs the audio. This cable is splitting video that also runs audio, but it's also doing video at the same time. Sounds confusing. Important. No, you're good with that, though. And you've explained that to clients a couple of times of like, okay, well, if you want us to do this, we need to move this here to make this work. Like mm -hmm. if a client comes up to us and they're reasonably stressed, event day, and come to us with a question, Donnie will kind of step back and go... <laughs> And just kind of look at it and figure it out. And you can see the client decompress when you do that. And I think that's something that kind of levels us up a little bit over maybe some other Anyone. people who maybe hired. I was going to say competition, but there isn't Anyone. really, there isn't really any. <laughs> but you can kind of see the client once they understand of like, okay, well, we're going to have to shuffle a little bit, but we'll get this done for you. Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen a few times. And I think just kind of watching them breathe a little yep. bit builds that trust and they're like okay we'll see you guys next year yep. Like, yep. well and that's cool you know one of the cool parts about having so many events is that we've done so many different options and there's so many it's like a there's probably not a lot in the world of live events that we haven't tried failed figure out a new way tried again failed tried a new way tried a new way and covid was really great about like we're gonna throw 800 things at you and you're going to succeed at uh, half of them and then try it again. And, mm -hmm. and that was the cool part and, and be able to then bring, oh, we've seen that. We can fix that quickly, efficiently. We know that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like you said, never doubt a Donnie there. Like, never doubt Donnie. That, that whole idea of just like thinking through all of the webs of all of the different pe pieces and people that play into an event is a really cool visual game of like, what is it, the, the seven ways everyone connects to Kevin Bacon? Oh, yeah. Like we oh, could, yeah, we the, could, yeah. We could totally Bacon have number. that for like the seven ways everything connects to a decimator. Because um, <laughs> like, it is very much like literally super connected and super important. And, and there are so many ways for it to fall apart. But we've built out a really good experience and a really good process to sort of mitigate as many as possible and then have people like Donnie and Aubrey and myself and Ethan and the rest of our team on there that have been through the fires of all of this to say, oh, look, remember when we had that problem and we just had to do this? Or remember when that didn't do that? We did this instead. And, and then mm -hmm. coming from that experience of being able to think on your feet quickly and other things from film background on a film set to live TV news – it's very much, we'll get it on the air because we won't miss slot because that's our guarantee. Never miss slot. Never miss slot. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I think the clients like it too. I yeah. I think. For sure. Yeah. It's an ever-changing world, which I think is also on your list, but clients yeah. are starting to see that evolve and see how it can be useful in some ways and where it can be better in some. And I also just really like having those conversations of, Mm -hmm. talking with a client in like a kickoff meeting saying, what does this look like to you? Right. And then if they have sort of like a more basic idea, then we have Nick who can make incredible graphics. We have Ethan who can be like, well, we can take your headshots while we're there too. And mm -hmm. 
Everyone has an updated professional headshot. Donnie can handle anything you throw at him. I've got your run a show down, and I will hound you until I don't. I'm um, a big nerd, so I'll figure out a cool way to do it. Anything that goes wrong, <laughs> I'm like looking at these two. Like, there's a weird wiring issue. One of you two figure it Everyone's out. Everyone's just figured out, like, not even talking. Yeah. Or, or like when we're in uh, San Jose, I'm like, hey, Donnie, that thing. Yeah, yeah, no, the cable, right? Yeah, the cable. Oh, yeah, the one that's in the. Oh, okay, and that was it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we all kind of have our own strengths, which I think is, is cool. And as we're starting to expand and grow a lot, we have other people training. Like Liberty's been working on mm-hmm. how to call and, and TD live events and to kind of have a, a powerhouse team mm-hmm. and everyone kind of learning different roles is kind of like. We're like that guy for live events. We are. So we're becoming that, and that's it's cool to see. It's yeah. cool to. I feel like a proud mom sometime on set. We're like my. I always say my producer brain has limits. I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to set up any of this stuff. But I know that where my brain stops, you guys are gonna kill it after that. And I think that's dangerous. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what so the setup? Like, well, well, I I'm in a weird position from everyone here because I do help set up, but it's more like cameras and lights and making sure everything on that side is good and helping around wiring mm-hmm. and, and all a that. solid cable tape. And it's concise. It's I will, I will organized. say I'm, I'm pretty good at, at taping, taping the, cables. Your tape lines, your runs are... But the thing is, <laughs> it's like Except that, that, that's important because when shit hits the fan, beep... Like, we can look at and not go down and be like, oh, there's a nest of cable. We can uh-huh. go, oh, that's SDI 1 coming from cam slot A on the A10 back end to, oh, it's not plugged into that thing on the floor that needs to go to those 12 things. You right. know, so like, it, it's live events more than probably anything else that we do as a company bring all the factors of the company together mm-hmm. around one single mission. Mm-hmm. And then it also helps us be just super nerdy and excited about it because there is that little bit of like <gasps> drop in your stomach when we're counting, you know, you or TD or whatever's counting down from five and we're hitting the go Stand button. Stand by. Like that's an exciting moment because yes, it's a, say it's one of our monthly shows. It's 60 minutes of content that we've mm-hmm. produced and we spent the last 45 days producing. Like, it comes down to, at zero plus one, is it still in black? <laughs> like, <laughs> is the video going to play? Are there mics on? Yeah. So, or or like a big live event that we have coming up here in the first week of June. I mean, there are, like I said, 800 steps. Mm-hmm. There's 45 plus people, and it's their full-time job essentially for six months. To run this thing. And it's a multi-day, multi-screen, multi-modal, multi-operational, hybrid super event. But at the same point, at 9 a.m. on that Monday morning, at 9 a.m. 01, if that screen's still black, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So, like, it's all that work. And that, to me, I think is how we've built our company is everybody and, and our clients and the whole experience and why I think live events are so cool is, is everything goes around on that one little frame. And when it ticks over, that rocket takes off to the moon. Hmm. Or it blows up on the pad and we figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes off to the moon. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, in your setups and your concise taping and everything, that goes even beyond client. Like, we are very often a guest in like some yep. conference room in a hotel, who knows where. So I know 
they appreciate when we come in and we're concise and clean and organized and so are some of the other companies that work with us like yeah. some of the other mm-hmm. vendors who come in we saw it we were in chicago recently and um i don't remember i don't know what his main role was but we had the freelance guys with us and then kind of their like manager he kind of seemed like and i kept noticing him looking at all of our wires and what's going where and then he kind of sit back and went oh I that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i caught him kind of go well, because it is. Hmm. Cause and so they appreciate it too because we work with freelancers and we just like, we don't always know these people. We yep. don't know what equipment we've, they've nope, right. worked with. We don't know if they're going to be familiar. So when they can come in and look at our stuff and be like, oh, they got it. Cool. Then it, we communicate better, things yep. run smoother. So and it's I'm a not going to let you thing. get away with saying you're not involved in life. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, is the whole podcast <laughs> is just convincing Ethan that he's part of a live team. The point? You're on it. <laughs> but those are some of the steps all the way down to how we take stuff on the floor. Like cameras, lights, run of show, whatever. Is this the conversation you Ethan. wanted to have? The point that I was going to bring up <laughs> 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so that's the, we had a lot of coffee. <laughs> It's cool from my perspective because I help the setup. I help make it look nice. I help keep the smoke and mirrors act going so people don't. We want people that appreciate the work. We don't want them to actually see everything that we set up. Um, We want them to be fully immersed in that event. For me, who is a videographer and photographer for most of the events we do, um, I am able to see all that work, help all that setup, but I am also able to enjoy the event and be the one who is also immersed in it. Right. And me doing that and knowing that like, oh, all that setup was worth it because I'm walking around and I'm like, I can't even tell people are behind all this. I just feel like I'm, it's happening. I'm experiencing it. It's what everyone Mm -hmm. else is feeling. Sure. And I feel like that's a unique perspective from what you guys do because you're all behind the table all day in the dark. Losing our hair. (laughs) Making all the magic happen. I'm busy. I feel like you're not allowed to fully appreciate like that experience that you've created. I mean, I guess. Yeah, sure. Okay. Totally. A good live event is like good sound design. It's not supposed to be something you notice and point out. Yeah. It's something that just happens and you're like, it's more when you notice something is going wrong, that's when it's bad. I mean, we could spend a whole hour being like WTF moments. Like, you know. Probably probably stuff that the audience didn't even realize happened. But we're back there like. "Ah!" Right. But I mean. (laughs) It's it's like exactly it's good sound design because the minute the mic cuts out the whole event is can be trash. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like because if you can't hear it, what's the point? Yeah, yep. think of watching TV. If I'm watching TV and the screen goes black or I can't hear somebody, I'm moving on to something else. Yep. So right. is the audience at home, especially or if they're the already room. working from home. They're like, okay, I'm gonna jump on this meeting. I'll get back or, to that later. Like yeah. we even run to it in the like, and and we're getting less and less of a virtual audience as we move beyond COVID. Mm-hmm. Like that virtual audiences should and this is my pitch. Virtual audience should always be part of your audience mix, but the percentage of a virtual audience is not going to be there. You need to deliver more value add plus content to your virtual audience or special experiences that only they can get that not the in-person audience can get. Mm -hmm. End of pitch. But the, the, call me, click the link below. Um, (laughs) Smash the like button, whatever it is. Let's talk video. Um, Yeah. But the 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 important thing is is that the in room experience we're seeing even more, like we talked about earlier, is dual work. There's there's they're doing mm-hmm. two things at once. Everyone in the virtual audience is either on their phone or in or sorry, everyone in the in person audience is paying attention 
but they also have their phone. They also have their notes. They're also trying to synthesize the content from the meeting before, you know, bringing all of that stuff to whatever experience you're having. So if we can be as seamless in that flow, then that thinking, that synthesization of the content before, that remembering of that really important keynote message, the really cool experience that we had the night before, the day before, the hour before, and we then are seeing even more of that delivery in room to options that are above and beyond than they were, you know, as people have come back together, the ask has always been, what can we do that will wow them? Mm -hmm. How can we bring even more impact Mm -hmm. to this event? Because when COVID was first coming out and we sort of got into the 2022 realm, they you needed to justify why you're coming in room. Like why, why, why should you be, why can't we just do it virtually? That's going away, mm-hmm. but now it's why am I spending my time on this and not the 12 other things I need to be doing? Mm-hmm. And so we as a team and as a strategy and as a company have really started to develop ways to engage that experience. Like you said, Aubrey, it's less of an event and more of an experience. And that experience is more of a spherical approach to the whole thing Mm -hmm. versus then just like one or two little lines in the budget. Mm Yeah. 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 Or imagine you're on day three of an in-person live event and it's after lunchtime on day three. Audience. Everyone's got a full belly. They're tired. Who knows where they traveled from? Right. How are you going to keep that audience? How do you Mm -hmm. bring them back after lunch? You know, the coffee's worn off, they're checking into their flight, you know. Yep. You have to keep that audience. Yeah. Imagine asking, it's it's a lot to ask someone for an hour out of their day now. <clears throat> hey, can you watch this video for an hour? People are like, I mean, I can, but I'm going to be doing this, this, and this, and then I got to go immediately. Give them a reason to tune in. Keep mm-hmm. them coming back. Make them stay. Give them something to look forward to. Even like, like you said, recapping stuff from the night before. Because people are excited to get back yeah. oh, for in sure. person. People are like, yeah, you could do it virtual and it might be easy, but there's also so many pros to being in so person. So much value. The mm. conversation you're having, the team building, the networking, is just it's just different in person. There's strengths and weaknesses to both, but as people are getting more excited to get back in person, we're really leaning into that. And it's that same conversation of like a lot of the office furniture companies and buildings and, and are having is like, and companies too, that return to work conversation. Why, why should my employees come back to my office? What am I providing? And, and I heard the best I heard in all of our discussions, and, and we work with a lot of, of, in that furniture world and that return to work world, and we did probably 75 just furniture-related return-to-work live events specifically. And the best way I ever heard it is, is that you need to make it a clubhouse for them to come home, come back to. Mm-hmm. You know, your office needs to be a clubhouse. I bring the same idea to a live event that's in-person, in-person only really, but even in-person plus virtual or hybrid because there needs to be more than just the content. There needs to be the culture. There needs to be a technology reason. There needs to be something that's new, fun, exciting that I can share with my friends and that I can bring back home. And we do our work best in that instance because we're able to bring that content and that experience to life that is a really cool use of all of our experiences and all of our gear and all of our people and all of that. But live events are this unique 
conglomeration of everything we've ever done. Mm -hmm. And then it's at a frequency and a consistency and a pace that's different. Mm -hmm. This is really fun. And I guess to close this out, I think the future of live events is just going to be more technology is going to come out to make them even cooler and more seamless. And you just got to stay up to date with all that yeah and this is what we already do to stay yeah. relevant and, yep. and i would say from the from the audience perspective the future of live events is that in-person plus piece it's the app it's the digital experience mm-hmm. it's the what can i take home but it's also what are the more important reasons that i'm going to someplace and how can that better help me do the three things that i need to do today tomorrow and next week um, and having that perspective, when if you're thinking about planning a live event, having that perspective of it's not just the days on the floor that you're there live, it's the work up to the event, it's the event itself, it's the post event, and it's how we can build a, an environment and experience around that that's beneficial to, it's really, I mean, it's silly, it goes back to the why, but it's like, why are we doing this? Why am I going? Why, why, why should I care? Mm-hmm. That's really where a live event uniquely so versus like a traditional video project or a photography project, a live event, you can communicate that why in 12 different ways and people need to hear it six, six times before it sticks. Mm-hmm. So if you're giving it to them in 12 different versions, at least most of your audience is going to understand it six ways. And so you're going to have that ROI. So. Great. I say that. I, I talk about this <laughs> yeah. a lot. <laughs> yep. uh, any final thoughts from you or you? Um, we've talked a lot about virtual versus in-person audiences. And I mean, if you just look at the state of the world before COVID, like it was inevitable that there was going to be like a large virtual audience for every event. Yeah. Um, I mean, just look at like things like the Olympics, for example, yeah. that's like probably one of the first like big live events that everyone tunes to. But as things become more accessible and technology grows and things like that, like it used to be you were a syndicated TV station and that was how you did live things. Now it is if you have a computer, you technically can go live from anywhere. Mm, Yeah, it's just a Teams call or a Zoom call, but um, we level that up and that's what we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I think that wraps it up because I know you got to go soon. And our cameras are huffing and puffing right now. (laughs) (laughs) The boys are tired. (laughs) Um, Please. (laughs) So I hope everyone learned something. Um, Virtual events are virtual and live events are something that go, I think, unnoticed a lot in the production world just because I know a lot of people don't really understand how much actually goes into them it's a lot and i'm glad that we can have that experience and share that with all of you and that hopefully a lot of people out there that have been looking to get into it or have always wondered about it took a lot out of or have had them and have they've they've not been the best experiences that they've wanted yeah you know we have we have band-aided and helped and rescued and supported (laughs) and redeveloped Lots and lots and lots of them. And, and all of that work was not for naught, I promise. Because every learning you make on a live event, whether it crashes and burns or whether it's a success, only helps make it more. And that, like Donnie said, that, that, that spread of technology and the fact that you can go live from your phone anywhere in the world, like that's only going to make live events more frequent. We are here to help make them have a better holistic experience so that 
and we can take a lot of that frustration out because mm-hmm. give it to us. We'll deal with it. You don't yeah. need to. <laughs> don't let some guy with an iPhone do it. <laughs> you know, anyone can go to Best Buy and get one of those kits, but like... These people have degrees and <laughs> decades of experience. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but if you have to, we can help you with that too. <laughs> we work with multiple budgets. However, well, yeah. And if there's questions, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's uncharted territory for some. So if you know some, we're happy to talk about it. Yep. We nerd yeah. out about it, obviously. We're big nerds. Yes. So speaking of nerding yeah. out, um, tune in next episode. Cause <laughs> yeah, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking video game movies, oh and boy. it's gonna be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's gonna be the Fourth of July special. So, check it out. It's gonna be a fun one. Uh, we just recorded it prior to this one. That's yeah. why I'm in this. I was wearing a. I was about to say we can actually wearing, talk wearing about the fact suit, that it, but it's good. Yeah, it, it's a good one. <laughs> Contents recorded. Um, thank you so much for joining us yep, on the you. porch. Thanks for hanging out with us, grabbing a drink, talking with your buddies, you know, pretty cool. Hey. Tell your friends. Um, Nerds. Like and come hang around next time. Until then, well, you know. Get off the porch. <laughs> Scram. Crazy kids. <laughs> Rascals. But also like and subscribe and come back next yeah, time. Please. Yeah. Please. Hello at 730.com. Hi. All right. believe it or not we are actual video professionals in addition to being total wackos on this podcast if you like the front porch make sure to subscribe to the channel you can also follow us on instagram facebook linkedin and tiktok we deliver best in class video content for our global clients in a range of corporate applications we regularly work with product-based companies corporate marketing teams high-tech manufacturing agencies, and many more. If you're ready to get started on your next video content project, reach out to our team on Let's Talk Video. You're welcome on our porch anytime.